Only your love, only your power. 
started this morning, I want to just welcome you all and those who weren't with us last Sunday. I wish those um, fathers happy Father's Day. We're going to go by a way of television here shortly. And um, in a couple weeks, we'll be moving to a kind of an alternate time because we're sharing with with the um, gathering. And I, um, we want to welcome all those by way of television to all of it, United Methodist Church here in wonderful Robbinsdale and one of our um, shared occupants that's sharing the church with has just arrived and Tabitha, Tabby, would you come forward this morning? I'm going to do a little quick interview here um, by way of television that and if you could kind of promote, do you feel comfortable kind of sharing about your church and your ministry and this here, you can kind of, this might be the strongest mic and we have focus by let's give Tabitha a round of applause amen amen come on thanks Pastor Tabor we're really excited to be here so starting on July 10th um, we're going to be meeting here and our church is called the Gathering Community Church a brand new church starting in the area and we are here to see people filled with hope and come to know Jesus and um, to live their lives with purpose and so we're really excited to be able to have our church um, in this space. It's absolutely beautiful and it's wonderful. Uh, the Robbinsdale community has been an area where we've specifically wanted to reach out and kind of be, um, you know, a friend to the community, but as well a place that's centrally located where people from anywhere in the Twin Cities could come and be part. And so we're really excited, really, really looking forward. And we're we're here to um, share the mission of Jesus. And so our prayer is that that happens um, to a greater extent than we even imagine. Yeah? Anything else you want? Let's give her a round of applause. Yeah, thanks, guys. We're going to have her share again at the end of the service. Caught her kind of coming in the door. She didn't even have time to breathe. But we want to give you all by way of television. Your television times will not change, but our, our worship times are going to be changing to accommodate J-Hop Twin Cities House of Prayer, not worshiping on Sunday mornings, but Tabitha, the gathering, someone at probably Assemblies of God doctrine, belief, and I, many of you knew that I grew up in an Assemblies congregations too, and along with United Methodists and felt a burden for the Methodist Church, a burden for all the nominations served some. 20-some years as a colonel in the Air Force, being very ecumenical, serves some 47 different denominations, but I love that name Tabitha, too. That means truth and grace, and she's going to be sharing what her name means, and she's going to be living out that name and that mission. 
and they were originally going to launch next Sunday, but they're delaying it for two Sundays. So that means that we'll worship regular time next Sunday, but then the following Sunday, the following Sunday, in order to accommodate two worship services on a Sunday morning, we'll be gathering for Sunday school at 8.30, 8.30 to 9.15, and worshiping from 9.15 to 10.15, and they have uh, a number of things that they're going to be doing in worship. They're going to be painting the nursery and doing some phenomenal things around the church, the screen, and we'll probably be worshiping with them that, that Sunday too, but we'll have also our television ministry here. So again, we welcome those by way of television. It's just, a, just your presence joining us by way of radio and television. Other means of communication is just a joy to have you with us this morning. So our, our beginning song is a request that ye servants of God, that we are all called to be servants of God, servants of God. And in honor of the anniversary of Jim and Charlene Meyer, they're their constant watchers of our, of our worship service. So I want you to just kind of turn to the camera. And Gary, can you pan the congregation and kind of wish Jim and Charlene happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, anniversary to Jim and Charlene and praise you. Jim, Charlene were very involved in our church before they went to Mary Rondorf and they regularly listened um, to our worship service. So we dedicate this number, ye servants of God, in honor of the anniversary of Jim and Charlene Meehan. They were residents of Alexandria, Minnesota, and I think they probably had our, our ER dogs taken care of them there before they moved from Alexandria to Robbinsdale. And we invite more people more people from Alexandria and other parts of the country to, to join us. We may be small in numbers, but we're great in quality. So let us stand as we turn in our purple hymnals to, to number 181, 181, ye servants of God. Salvation to God who sits on God. 
Praise song is in Christ alone. Red praise. Red praise number one.
Amen. Amen. Our scripture lesson today is found in Luke's Gospel, the ninth chapter, verses 58 through 62. Luke chapter 9, verses 58 through 62. Before we go to scripture, though, let us have a word of prayer. Father God, we just want to thank you this morning. It's, it's such a joy to see you. Let's thank Gary for that great introduction to prayer this morning. Did we get it fixed here? Amen. We have little gremlins. Father, we again thank you for little interruptions in life that remind us of how dependent we are on others and dependent on you, Lord. To cope in these days, we must put on the full armor of God. According to Ephesians 6, 10 through 11, and we, re- we must remember that God is a stability of our times, according to Ezekiel 33, 6, and that our times are in his hands, according to the psalmist in the 31st verse. We are to fear not as God will strengthen and hold us, according to Isaiah 41, 10, and God does not want us to be troubled or afraid, according to John 14, 27, and that all things are working together for our good in Romans 8, 28, and that God has prepared a glorious future for us, according to Titus chapter 2, 13. We thank you, Lord, that we come into a form of ministry that we can trust. We can preach the full gospel, including the King is coming, and point to the importance of salvation in Christ alone. Help us to understand and discern the times, contend for the faith, and become watchmen, watchmen and women on the wall. We thank you, Lord, for the many ministers that are gathering today that we pray that they would reach out truly with the word, God, word of God and that they would be faithful to scripture, faithful for, for, to, to tradition, reason, and experience. And we, we call upon your blessing upon the new church, the Tabitha's church and many believers that are just really born again and spirit-filled that want to initiate a ministry in this area to the younger generation and, and to all generations. There's no separation in the gospel of Christ. And as the gathering met here a Sunday or two ago and, and they had an exciting time on a Sunday afternoon and, and they planned to launch their new ministry here the second Sunday in July, we just pray a special blessing upon their launch and Tabitha as she leads her congregation in, in outreach of faith. And Lord, to the doubters and to the non-believers, we need a good, a good look around. The world is crumbling right before our eyes, just as the Bible prophesied. One day soon, you may find yourself as one of millions that have been left behind to face what Daniel prophesied as the time of Jacob's trouble. A seven-year tribulation, a period of tribulation that will experience the rise of the Antichrist. There are many Antichrists in the world today denying the power of the gospel. And that, that is why our message is so urgent. We, we do not want anyone to miss the opportunity to come to know Jesus before it's too late. And if you've made that profession of faith, don't put it off any longer. Share Christ with others. On sharing Christ, you become stronger, better equipped yourself. As Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 gives us the following guidance to salvation, that if we declare with our mouth 
that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Lord, we just pray for our television audience and radio and Facebook and other means of communication. We pray that many may be reached for Christ. We hope that many will be encouraged, especially believers, and speak to the hearts of those searching, searching for salvation. We pray, Father, your blessings upon our service today as we come into this house of worship through singing the hymns, the praise. Bless our scripture, Luke chapter 9, verses 59 through 62. We thank you for our, our guests and our faithful returnees. We, we pray for our television audience and those who are listening that they may be touched and encouraged. We pray in one sense that you would afflict those who need to be moved in, in order to be launched. Encourage those we're afflicted and afflict those who need to move from the status quo of things to be initiated and ignited for Christ. We pray all these things as you taught us to pray that pattern of faith, your Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Then if you'd be so kind to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verses 59 through 62. God bless the reading and the hearing of his word today. Luke chapter 9, would-be followers of Jesus is a kind of a text. It's also recorded in Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 through 22. Let's just back up a few verses to 57 there. As they were going along the road, someone, I really believe in our own lives that we were kind of that someone, said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said, to him, as he says to you and I, foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. One of the first times I heard that verse quoted was by a fellow farmer. I was helping him put up his hay, and I was loading the bales on the back of the rack behind the baler. And I asked him about his, his faith, and he was a part of a, a sect that was two-by-twos. They met in the homes. And I asked him, how come you don't have a church to go to? And he cited his verse. At that time, I think he cited it out of context. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another, he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And another said, I will follow you. I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. In over 20-some years in the military, I've seen many deployments, seen many troops off, many troops return, and just more recently, my 
My son-in-law as he returned from Saudi as an F-16 fighter pilot, and they, on returning from foreign countries, defending our countries, they just want to kiss the ground of the United States. And if you've ever traveled abroad, you want to really appreciate the fact of the freedoms that we have. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. God bless the reading and the hearing of his word. We can never have too many Bible verses. And what I did was John 20 through 19 through 23. Four verses and I'll read them. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear from the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he said this, he showed him his hands inside. This his disciples were glad, for they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. I'd like to initially explain the, word, the meaning of the word spirit. Our word Holy Spirit comes from the Hebrew word ruah. This word literally means breath. Ruah is even mentioned in the second verse of the Bible. In the second verse of Genesis, the spirit of breath or God moved over the waters of the darkness. Ruah means breath and translated into the Greek word pneuma. Literally, the breath of God was animating force of our creation. Pneuma is the word which we use for pneumatology. And this word literally means the study of the human lungs and respiratory system. When the word again occurs in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the breath of God is animated and breathed life into Adam's nostrils. Biblically, in Acts, when the violent word or pneuma came over the disciples, it was the breath of God delivering the Holy Spirit to them. Matthew Henry said it best when he wrote, Every word of Christ which is received by the heart of faith comes accompanied by this divine breathing. And without this, there is neither light nor life. Nothing is seen, known, discerned, or felt of God but through this. After this, Christ directed the apostles to declare the only method by which sin would be forgiven. In John's book, this is the crucified Lord's first appearance to his disciples. Following the Lord's resurrection, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene publicly outside the empty tomb. In our scripture today, my scripture, his appearing to his disciples in a secure location. At this location, the doors have been shut and locked out of fear of the Jewish authorities. The first thing the resurrected Jesus said to them is, Peace be with you. As my Father sent me, so I send you. As Jesus continues, he tells them, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain, retain the sins of any, they are retained. Remember, God only promises forgiveness where there is repentance. He didn't promise repentance wherever there was sin. This is not ascribing the power of Christ to the disciples. The power they had experienced was through the Holy Spirit. The Cambridge Bible says it this way. That is, it has the power to declare the conditions 
on which forgiveness is granted and the fact that it has or has not been granted. They were simply referring to them what God himself had accomplished through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Mike. As you notice in your bulletins, you'll see back of the bulletin, you'll notice an outline. And you can follow that outline and you can kind of put little hangers, you can put little words in there as I progress through my message, my sermon. And also we put next week's scripture. If you want to look at next week's scripture, we always put the, the scripture for the following week in the Sunday's bulletin. And it's going to be 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 17. And it's going to be a little controversial. We've um, said some controversial things from the pulpit here, and we've kind of got banned from Facebook and that because we weren't culturally, culturally correct at times. And even when I was asked to speak at Glenhaven and Hillside services, and we had hundreds, hundreds of people, thousands of people out, um, they banned me from Facebook because, you know, I, I suggested that we're all soldiers of Christ, and we need to be vigilant, vigilant for, uh, to stand, stand with the principles of scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. And I would not only stand for those because of John Wesley, my roots in Methodism, but uh, as a Christian, we need to stand for scripture. We need to stand for traditional values and, and reason and experience. And next Sunday, I'm going to be preaching on what's happening in our state, our state of Minnesota. Now, if you haven't, if you're wondering why my eagle is up here, I got that from Joyce, who has recently left us, and she's rejoicing in heaven. Whenever I look at that eagle, I, I want to be faithful to our American eagle. I had a district superintendent here, um, it was a number of years ago, that didn't appreciate the fact that we had the the Christian flag and the American flag in the pulpit. And I said, how can you as a district superintendent in the United Methodist Church suggest that we can't have the American flag or the Christian flag in the pulpit? And you know what she told me? She said if her son were to come to church with her at this church, her son would find it offensive, the Christian flag and the American flag, and I thought, you, as a United Methodist minister, are agreeing with your son because he had a number of bouts or so with the law. And she said, next time I come to your church, I want to see those flags moved. And I know she was going to ask me next time she's seen me if those flags were moved. Because in her church, no flags are allowed um, near the altar or even in front of the church. So what I did, so I could be honest with her, I moved one flag to the other side, the other side flag to the other, so she could ask me, have you moved the flags? I could honestly say, yes, I have moved the flags, but I haven't taken them out of the pulpit, folks. Because we serve God, and we serve a, a blessed country, and I'm gonna be talking about things that you probably won't even believe that are happening in the state of Minnesota before our eyes next Sunday unless I got, get shot or something happens to me before next, next Sunday. Well, let us notice in these verses here the steady. And, you know, I appreciate, you know, Christianity and Christian discipleship, but the steady determination with which our Lord Jesus Christ regarded his own crucifixion and his own death. 
And, you know, that determination, you know, I've, I've seen many troops being deployed, and many of them wonder, well, am I going to return to my parents and, and to my wife and my children? We read here that when the time was come that Jesus should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. Jesus knew full well before him what was, what was um, for him, but his face was towards Jerusalem. The, he realized there was the betrayal, there was the unjust trial, the mockery, the scourging, the, the crown of thorns, the spitting, the nails, the spear, the agony, agony of the cross. All were doubtless spread before the eyes and the mind of Jesus Christ. All his agony. It was more like a picture. But Jesus never flinched for a moment from the work that he had undertaken, much like the work that you and I are called to do for Christ's sake, the giving of our time and our talents and our treasure for the sake of Christ. Jesus' heart was set. He was set on paving, paying, and paying the price because there was a cost for your redemption and your for salvation. And there was a price of our redemption and going even to the very prison of the grave as our surety. He was full of this tender love towards sinners and it was a desire. It was the desire of Jesus, of his whole soul, to procure for you and I salvation. And so, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, Scripture reminds us, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Now forever, let us bless God that we have, we have such a steady and such a ready and a willing Savior. Forever, let us remember that as we are ready to suffer, as he is always ready to save, and the person that comes to Christ by faith should never doubt Christ's willingness to receive us. The mere fact that the Son of God willingly, willingly came into the world to die and willingly suffered should silence our doubts entirely. All the unwillingness on the part of of humanity is unwillingness on our part, not on Christ's part. Many things consist in our ignorance and our pride and our unbelief and our half-heartedness of the sinner oneself. But there's nothing wanting, nothing wanting in Christ, in Christ. Let you and I always strive and pray that the same mind may be in us as was in our blessed Savior. Like Jesus, let us be willing to go anywhere. Let us do anything. Let us suffer anything when the path of duty is clear and the voice of God calls. I've sworn in many a, a troop to their call, their reminder of their allegiance to God and, and country. And many of them, I'm sure, have not realized the, the tremendous impact of loyalty 
to God and country as they represent the United States of America. And I wonder if they, like many of us, have heard the voice of God earlier in their lives, the voice of God calling them into um, discipleship or into the mission field of the military. And let us set our faces steadfastly, steadfastly to do that work. And when our work is plainly, when our work is plainly marked out and we drink our bitter cup patiently when they come from the Father's hand. When I've been at the bedside of many a dying person and heard their closing words in response, many of them have been singing the hymns and quoting scripture in their final moments of death. Well, let us notice secondly in these verses that the extraordinary conduct, conduct of, of two of the apostles, James and John. James and John, how is our conduct? How would you be graded from day to day on your conduct of where you're at and what you're doing? We oftentimes pray that the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable unto thee, O Lord. We are told that, that in a certain Samaritan village, refused to show hospitality to our Lord. Can you imagine that? All the good recommendations that Christ had had as he traveled the land, but in this certain Samaritan village, and a Samaritan was kind of a half-breed, didn't really fit into the category of being a Gentile or, or a Jew, neither denomination. I, I always say hello to those dogs out there, so they, if you hear them barking, it's because they probably hear my voice and they, they like to respond. And what they're basically saying, it sounds like a bark, but they're actually saying amen. So if they ever, you hear their bark, it's actually amen. I'm teaching them how to, how to respond. But here in this village, they re refuse to show the hospitality to, of, of our Lord. It says in scripture that they did not receive Jesus because Jesus' face was as though he would go on to Jerusalem. Now, sometimes maybe our hearts are, are a little taken back when somebody, somebody shows up at our doorstep and they say, well, you know, I was planning on going and seeing such and such, and they weren't home, so I thought oh, I'd visit you. And, you know, but we're still kind of overjoyed that they, they took the time, even though they, their intentions were to visit somebody else. But here we find that there is no hospitality to our Lord. They did not receive him because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And then we read of a very strange, I find this a strange proposal in our scripture, which James and John made. They said, Lord Jesus, they said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire? fire to come down from heaven and consume this town, even as Elias did. Now here we see zeal. We thank God for zeal. I thank God for the zeal of Christians. And it's a, a zeal of a most plausible kind. Zeal for the honor of Christ. 
We need more zeal today, folks, for the cause of Christ. Here was zeal. It was justified. It was supported by a scriptural example. And that example of no less a prophet than Elijah, the prophet Elijah, but it was not a zeal, not a zeal according to knowledge. Tied into zeal, there needs to be some scriptural knowledge. The two disciples, which were very close to Jesus, James and John, the two disciples, in their heat, forgot that circumstances, circumstances alter cases, and that the same action which may be right and justifiable at one time may be wrong and unjustifiable another time. We need godly discernment, don't we? They forgot that punishment should always be proportionate to the offenses. Proportionate to the offenses. And that to destroy a whole village. Imagine a whole village of ignorant people for a single act of discourtesy would have been both unjust, would have been cruel. In short, the proposal of James and John was wrong. It was inconsiderate. They meant well, but they, they greatly, greatly erred. Facts like this in the Gospels are carefully recorded for our learning, for our learning. The learnings of the pulpit, the learnings of the view, and let us see to it that we mark them very well and, and treasure them in our minds rather than deviate from scripture that we don't understand and may not be commented on because it's something that's beyond our understanding. But it's, it's possible to have, have much zeal, much zeal for Christ, and yet to exhibit it in the most unholy, unholy and unchristian ways. It's, it's possible to mean well and have good intentions and yet to make most grievous mistakes in our actions. It is possible to fancy that we have scripture, scripture on our side, and yet commit to serious, serious errors. It's very clear as daylight from this and other cases related in the Bible that it's not enough to be zealous, zealous and well-meaning. Very grave faults are frequently committed with, with good intentions. From no quarter, perhaps, has the church received so much injury as from ignorance and well-meaning people. We must first seek to have knowledge as well as zeal. Knowledge and zeal are interconnected. Zeal without knowledge is like an army without a general. It's like a ship without a rudder, a, a pilot without a plane. We must pray that we may understand how to make right applications of Scripture. The Word is no doubt a light to our feet and a lantern to our path, but it must be the Word rightly handled and properly applied. And let us notice lastly, Lastly, in, in this, these verses, 
What a solemn rebuke. What a solemn rebuke. And how do we handle the rebuke of Christ? How did James and John handle the rebuke of Christ? What a solemn rebuke our Lord gives to persecution that's carried on under the colors of religion. He turned, Jesus turned, and, and he rebuked them. And then he said, you know not, you know not what manner of spirit ye are of. For the Son of Man is not come to destroy people's lives, but to save, say it with me, save people's lives. The uncourteous, and as uncourteous as the Samaritan village had been, their conduct was not to be resented by violence. The mission of the Son of God was to do good when, when men would receive him but never to do harm. His kingdom, the kingdom of God, was to be extended by patient, by a patient continuance in well-doing, and by meekness, and by gentleness in suffering, but never by violence and severity. No saying of our Lord's perhaps has been so totally overlooked by the Church of Christ as that which is now before us. Nothing can be imagined more contrary to the will of Christ than the religious wars, the religious wars and persecutions which disgrace the annals of church history. Thousands and tens of thousands have been put to death for their religion and religious sake all over the world. Thousands have been burned or shot or hanged or drowned or, or beheaded in the name of the gospel. And those who have been slain have actually believed that they were doing God's service. Unhappily, they have only shown their own ignorance, their own ignorance of the spirit of the gospel and the mind of Christ. And let it be a settled principle in our minds that whatever humans' errors may be, in religion, we must never persecute them. Let us, if needful, argue with them. Let us reason with them and try to show them a, a more excellent way, a, a pro-life way, a pro-faith way, a, a pro-Israel way, a pro-Bible way. But let us never take up the carnal weapon to promote the spread of truth. Let us never be tempted directly or indirectly to persecute any under pretense of the glory of Christ and the, and the good of the church. Let us rather remember that, that religion, that religion which men profess from fear of death or dread of penalties is, is worth nothing at all. And that if we swell our ranks by fear and threatening, in reality, we gain no strength. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says, The weapons, the weapons of our warfare, says St. Paul, are not carnal. The appeals that we make must be to men, humans, consciences, and wills. The arguments that we must be made is not by sword or fire or prison, but by doctrines, by, by our beliefs, by our countenance. We are the temple 
of God, the temple of the Holy Spirit, and precepts and texts. It's very quaint and, and a homely saying, but it's true that in the church, as it is in the military, that one volunteer, one volunteer is worth ten that are pressed, pressed, and pressured to a position. Father God, as we examine this scripture according to lectionary and as many churches, predominantly some 80% of our churches deal with this according to lectionary, help this scripture to be viewed as very analytical in our hearts and our minds and may it be a, a report card that we are found faithful to Christ. Help us always to be active and alert to share Christ, but if, if the message is rejected and we are rejected, to respond as Christ did with, with compassion, to move to another person. And as the Bible says that if we shared Christ and that message has been rejected, we should never stop. We should keep going, keep pressing for new converts for Christ. And as we pray ahead for protection upon those who share Christ, help us never to be discouraged. Help us just to move on to another village and another person. And may the works of our hands and our hearts and our minds and our bodies and the meditation be acceptable to you. And as we close, we ask for renewed dedication. Those who may be viewing by television or radio or other means of Facebook, the ABCs of salvation that A, all of us have sinned from pulpit to pew and fallen short of God's glory by the things we've done and left undone. And B, we need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need to confess him as our Lord and Savior. Would you pray with me as you dedicate and rededicate your hearts to Christ? Dear Jesus, forgive my sins that I've committed and omitted. Come into my heart and life. Empower me by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us turn now to our bulletins, to our offertory prayer as the ushers wait upon you this morning for your tithes and your offerings. Let us pray together. Lord, who blessed the work of the apostles' hands to spread of the gospel. Through the giving of our gifts, grant us in our emotions and efforts to diligently labor for the extension of your kingdom. For the sake of him who gave himself for the life of the world, your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you would, please join me now as the ushers come forward this morning. Our offertory hymn is Left, Lift High the Cross. Lift High the Cross, purple hymnals number 159, please. You can, we normally are seated. We are normally seated unless you can't reach your wallet and you need to stand and get that wallet out. Well, that's right. How can you... Be seated. Stand. Let's stand. Lift high the cross. And if you can, if you can jump up occasionally now, then that's fine too. Lift high the cross. Purple number 159. 159.
now know. Live by the cross, the love of Christ proclaims. <coughs> oh, the world adores his Bang it out, bang it out, folks. Lift high the cross, the love of Christ proclaim. Till all the world adore his sacred name. Let us remain standing for the doxology. Father God, we want to thank you that we can truly lift, lift high the cross of Christ. We can come as Christians. We can join you sing Alleluia. We can praise the Lord, our King, and let praises fill the sky. Life shall not end the strain as we look forward to our homecoming. We are temporarily de deployed here upon earth. This is not our home. As we look forward to the return of Christ, may we be about our Father's business. In Jesus' name.
I just want to thank those who correct me, you know. I, you know, correction doesn't only come from the pulpit, it comes from the pews. You don't have to be an ER doctor. Look at the heart and, and say, we got to stand, praise the Lord. Do we have any announcements this morning? Chris, did you have something on your mind? Maybe we should give a little update about the program as, as Tabitha comes to have, you probably have a closing remark. And I'm going to have you, you're familiar with giving benedictions in that, right? Yes, please. Yeah, so just as a reminder, so we will begin meeting here, our church will begin meeting on July 10th. And just as a point of clarification, because I didn't say this earlier, we're actually not launching kind of to the community until September, but our team will start meeting here in July, just kind of regularly to get familiar with the space and, and hopefully build our team up a little bit. And we're allowed to come too. Absolutely, you're allowed to come. We'll have service at 11. Amen. Yeah. We've got to allow them about 45 minutes just to get kind of tuned up. And yeah, it'll take us a little bit. And that. Yeah. Any questions that you, you have? Yeah, anybody have any questions? As you obviously realize, <laughs> she's much younger than I. In fact, I think my daughter is older than you. Right, Chris? Joy? I think we're around the same age. Okay. Yeah. She was born February of 1980, and you were born? October of 1980. 80. <laughs> Good year. Any other announcements this morning? Tabor's asked me to give a benediction, so may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. One thing I should have mentioned, too, is that you're the daughter of a minister. I am. And, and the granddaughter. And a granddaughter. Are you? Wow. That's, that's powerful. Amen. What a blessing. And next Sunday, we're going to be celebrating... Um, Pastor Wes, um, Dr. Wes Gables, retirement at Osseo, and he was also the son of a Methodist minister. Both his father and his mother were Methodist ministers and his grandfather, so are you going to be able to join us? It's kind of a three generation, you know. Yeah, if I'm in town. Okay, if she's in town. I may not be in town. Chris? Chris? 